Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in to the You Can Do It Too podcast. My name is Mamadou Balde, and I'm your host. This podcast has two objectives. To provide a platform for minority professionals to share their inspiring stories and to inspire minority students to believe that their options are unlimited and that they can be whoever they desire to be. I hope this podcast ignites that fire inside of you and pushes you to strive to be the best you. On this podcast, I will be bringing minority guests from a variety of professions, engineering, medicine, entrepreneurship, law, business, etc., who will be sharing their journey to where they are today with you. I hope that these stories will inspire you to believe that whatever your goal or your dream is, you can do it too. Yeah, again, thank you so much for giving us your time. I know it's crazy right now. People are busy and, and, and stuff. So thank you. Thank you for giving us your time. Sure. So how are you doing right now with everything that is going on? I know 2020 was a crazy, crazy year. and. 2021 is hopeful. How are you doing? <laughs> it's funny that you say that because uh, 2020, obviously, because of the coronavirus outbreak and, um, you know, everything dealing with, you know, uh, Black liberation, Black Lives Matter movement, um, it shook America. It's like something that shook America. In our generations, we've actually seen a lot of changes. It's something that sparks um, you know, the, the thought process of the talking of certain issues that's been around for so long. So um, moving into 2021, you know, with this coronavirus thing, <laughs> who knows, <laughs> with the economy and everything like that, I just hope that um, all of that kind of gets situated and we can kind of get life back to how it was. Um, you know, I, I really do think that uh, the government would need to do more in helping people that have lost their job during the virus and stuff. And I'm, I'm kind of hopeful that, you know, something will happen with that, you know, um, whether it be uh, the stimulus finally getting passed and money getting pushed out to people who actually need it, you know, or something to where, you know, jobs and stuff like that start opening up as, you know, the coronavirus um, vaccine gets pushed out. A lot of people probably feel more comfortable going out in town and, you know, opening up their stores and not wearing masks and stuff like that. So 2021 is hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> It, it definitely. definitely is helpful. Um, you know, the only thing we have to do is just, uh, I don't know, pray every day, I guess. <laughs> yes, man. Stay the course. It, it was, 2020 was definitely a crazy year. And I feel like the government has a lot of, has a lot of things they could definitely do to help uh, the people. For sure. Make sure that lift people up, help people rise from the dark holes uh, that we, we, we've been because of 2020. So mm -hmm. one question that I usually like asking uh, in the podcast is, what are you grateful for right now? Oh, grateful. Um, it's funny that you asked that because like, you know, around Thanksgiving time, um, a lot of people kind of ask, oh, what are you thankful for? What are you happy about? You know, and not a lot of people think about that during the rest of the year. It's kind of like, that one time, hey, what am I grateful for? Me, I'm grateful for health. <laughs> Nowadays, oh my gosh, there's so many different diseases that's out there. Um, my uh, grandmother actually, um, last year, she just recently passed away because of cancer. 
So, um, you know, that's something where it's, who that's tough, you know? Um, and then my grandmother wow. died uh, years before passed away from the same thing. So just me knowing that, Hey, it's in my family, in my, uh, in my family, you know, to get cancer, I'm just grateful that, you know, for right now I'm good. My health is good. Um, and, and that's pretty much what I can ask for right now. Um, once your health starts deteriorating, you know, your mind goes, everything else goes. So I'm definitely grateful for health. <laughs> wow. I'm uh -huh. sorry to hear that. That's tough. Oh, yeah. yeah, for sure. How do you, do you feel worried or scared knowing that it's part of the family? And do um, you feel worried? Yeah, you know, I think the normal person will feel a little bit worried, but um, it, it boils down to, you know, your overall health and your overall, like, what do you put in your body? What do you eat? Um, you know, do you exercise and things like that? So, you know, um, being in the military, you know, we kind of, I mean, we eat horrible, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> we definitely exercise, we definitely, um, you know, work out and stuff like that. So I think it, it boils down to, you know, what you're eating, you know, take, take um, understanding of what you're putting in your body, um, eat more organic foods, eat, you know, foods that are more beneficial, nutri nutritious to your body and stuff like that. So um, I think once you do wow. that, you won't be able to have any any type of medical issues, you know? Wow. That's yeah. new. Uh, I didn't know that the military could eat bad food. I thought they had uh, people who could make sure that they're eating healthy and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. So we have, um, we have like, uh, uh, we call them uh, chow halls. So basically cafeterias. Um, and they have like, you know, assortment of healthy food and stuff. But, you know, the eggs that they have, it comes out of a bag. <laughs> <laughs> they're, not, they're not those fresh eggs you know that you see so it's just little things like that to where you're like mm, I don't know but they do offer you know salad uh the salad bar you know vegetables and stuff like that they have those but you know when you're young and you have a little money you kind of be like oh do I really want to go to Chaha or do I want to go to McDonald's or do I want to get <laughs> those, those tacos you know so we that's pretty much the lifestyle we we, we uh we've been eating and you know uh partaking in so definitely um, <laughs> yeah definitely yeah tesla is one of the biggest companies in the world and right now they are booming and mm -hmm. all of that and i feel like it's one of the companies who's really working towards the kind of future we want to have in the world right sure. something that's even something that is even unimaginable right now right it's like Elon Musk is just that leader who always think about innovative ideas, leading the world uh, in a future that many people do not see yet. How do you feel uh, being part of that movement, I, I believe? Like, because of the job that you do, people yeah. do their job well, right, yeah. in Tesla. How do you feel about that? Yeah, so for me, um, you know, first of all, um, Tesla is a company where we hire, like, the greatest of the great people who, you know, um, aspire to be not normal, <laughs> if that makes sense. People who aspire to do well over and beyond. So um, just being in part of that environment itself helps me know that, you know, if a task is being pushed out to anyone, it's going to get done. And it's not going to get done with the bare minimum, but, you know, they're going to exceed expectations. Um, you know, with that being said, I think being part of a group like that, inspires me because I don't feel like I'm the only one working, if that makes sense. You know how like if you're part of a group and you're the only one who's like, okay, 
I'm just not going to do just the bare minimum, but I'm going to research this. I'm going to pull up this. I'm going to have stats. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add, you know, graphs and charts and all these different things just to get my message across. Um, but you feel that it's only you doing it, you know, and you kind of, and it kind of brings your morale down, but in Tesla, everybody's doing it. So it kind of, it creates that competitive environment as well. Like, oh, they're doing that. Okay. Well, I'm going to go a step above that again. You know, oh, this yeah. person's doing that. Okay, great. I'm going to add on to that, you know? So, um, yeah. it definitely creates that kind of friendly, challenging environment. Um, and then being part of something where we're changing the future is, you know, part of, to me, I think it's it's a it's a great thing. Um, it's definitely a great thing um, because of all the stuff that's going on now, where we have a lot of climate change and all these different things, and we're doing something to kind of impact that. Um, at least I know that you know if my kids or grandkids or great grand they got somewhere to stay, <laughs> and they're, and they're pretty healthy. <laughs> you know, they have definitely. an environment where it's you know safe for them to live in, etc. You know, so um, being part of being part of Tesla definitely is is a great uh, it's a great feat for me. It's, it's definitely different and it's challenging and I, and I enjoy the environment. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Something that you talked about is the nature of being a uh, part of just doing amazing, uh, amazing art, courageous acts. And I mm -hmm. feel like that's, that's in your nature, just your, your track of being, of going to the Marines and, and mm -hmm. doing stuff like that. When did you, when did you, started feeling that kind of mentality uh, growing up, the, the idea of just being courageous and being part of the movement that to to bring value to society. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, a, <laughs> it's a pretty interesting story. So, um, you know, in my family, I am the only person in the, in the military, only person. Um, so obviously it's a little bit different. Uh, back in 2008 is a time where, you know, I was kind of stuck. Um, I was pretty much stuck in life. I was getting my, uh, my bachelor's degree in business administration. Um, 2008, um, who was it? Uh, let me see, 2008, um, Barack Obama was just elected president, right? So, um, and then not only that, but we also were in a recession. So part of me was like, okay, um, what am I going to do? Like, once I finish school, is it going to be hard for me to find a job? Is it going to be, you know, uh, difficult for me to utilize my degree in order to get a job? You know, all these different things, like how can I live? And kind of sitting back and thinking about it, I'm like, well, maybe I need to do something else. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, in college, um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people go through this, you're kind of pushed in this position where, you have to pick a major, you have to know what you're doing in life, whatever, you know, there's people in their 30s now who have no idea what's going on. <laughs> and yeah. and it, it's okay, you know, um, as long as you figure as long as you figure it out as you keep growing up, right. Um, but I will say that, you know, the idea of the military came to me, because um, I had, uh, I had a few people that I seen um, I think I saw like a couple of commercials and stuff and I was like, wow, you know, being in the military, that doesn't sound too bad. Number one, I get to travel, <laughs> you know, um, I get to, you know, get the benefits. I don't have to worry about too much of anything. I know that I'm getting a guaranteed paycheck. Not only that, but they could play for the rest of my school, you know, and I don't have to worry about being in debt or anything like that. So, you know, joining the military for me was, um, you know, kind of like a, a business strategy in life, if that makes sense. Like, how can wow. I... How was I able to 
um, make that decision and kind of be able to uh, be better off in life, if that makes sense. So why did I join the Marines? Um, obviously, I went to <laughs> at any recruiting station, you'll see how all the branches are next to each other. Um, well, every single branch always talked about how great they are, et cetera. And I would ask them, well, who do you think thinks that they're the best? And they kept saying, oh, the Marines think they're best, but they're really not. Or the Marines think they're best and they're really not. You know, I'm going to different, um, <laughs> going to different, uh, you know, uh, recruiting offices and they keep saying, oh, the Marines think that they're best, but they're really not. Um, so I was like, well, all right, I'll join the Marines. <laughs> why, the, why the Army doesn't think they're best? Why did they? I, I don't know. That's the that's thing. You know, you would think like, I mean, they, with the Army, they were saying, yeah, you know, we're good, but for some reason, the Marines think they're best, you know? And I was yeah. like, okay, well, if the Marines that, think they're best and every other branch thinks they're best, so let me just go over there, you know? Um, so yeah, join the Marines. Uh, you know, definitely don't regret it. I learned yeah. a lot along the way um, as I got out. You know, the transitioning from Marines to civilian life is very difficult. Um, a lot of people who are in the military understand that. Uh, but I would say that every single thing that I've, that I've learned, um, you know, along with me, you know, my mom raising me, my dad raising me is something that I embodied with the Marine Corps, you know. Um, and I had a great time. Had a great time over there. So, yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> can you still hear me? Yes, yes, yes. I can hear you. No, that, that, that's amazing. And, and what I was saying is that it seems like everybody else did not, did not feel confident about that they, they, were, they were the best because they, they always say that the Marine think they're best. So maybe there's something to that. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's my thought process. I was like, okay, well, um, maybe they are the best. Like, why do you think that they think that? Okay, cool, I'll go there, <laughs> you know? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. No, and... I'm sure even even though those commercials about about joining the arm about joining military was inspirational, I'm sure you knew about the the, the different challenges that comes with it. Mm -hmm. What what motivated you? What was what were in your heart that really told you I, I can't do this? I can't go over there and really and really be successful. Like were, were you? Did you have any kind of fear of from of people, you know? Of, of course. Um, you know, I think that the original fear was, <laughs> and it's a funny story. So um, for one, the original fear was, okay, breaking away from family and then actually being that adult, you know, that, that switch from kid to adult, right? Mm -hmm. um, to where I'm like, mom, this is my choice. I'm going to go. My mom was freaking out. She was like, no, you're not going. This is a war. You're going to be sent to war. I'm going to lose my daughter. Like she was, she was going crazy about it, you know? Um, but I'd let her know like, Hey mom, don't worry about it. We're okay. I'm going to, I want to do this. I really want to do this. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of fears, especially when it comes to joining the military, because it's like, it's so new, especially if for me, I had no idea what I was stepping into. It was a brand new challenge, brand new everything. Um, once I was able to start boot camp, uh, that was another challenge within itself, right? You have someone just in your face yelling at you every single day. And, you know, I personally am used to it. My mom's always yelling at me. I don't know, black households, you're used to it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, was a, it was a bit different. It was mentally straining, physically straining, et cetera. And I think the main thing that pushed me through was like, if I didn't, if I didn't keep going, it would end up pushing me backwards because that would mean I dropped out of my class and then I had to be recycled to the next class, right? 
And then I have to go through the same thing over again. And I was like, if I got this far, why would I take a step back? I was like, no, I got to keep going. I need to finish. And I think that was the main thing that kept pushing me, you know? Um, there were times where we had <clears throat> like different activities that we need to do. Like I'm, I'm definitely afraid of heights, right? And there was this, I don't know if you've seen uh, Full Metal Jacket, right? It's one of like the iconic Marine movies. Um, but there was a thing called Stairway to Heaven, which was basically just imagine a huge ladder just going straight up, maybe 40 feet high, 20 feet high or something like that. And we have to climb that ladder. I was shaking <laughs> climbing the ladder, but I was just like, all right, keep going, hold on. Let me just roll over and be done with it. You know, um, and we hear stories of people falling off and stuff like that. I was like, no, that's not going to be me because if I fall off, then I got to go back and I got to do it again. I was like, nope, this is going to be a one time thing. I want to get up over that ladder and be done with it. And once I once I accomplished it, I was like, hmm, that wasn't too bad. You know, wow, <laughs> that's, that's an amazing point of view. Let, let's talk about that. I feel like uh, many people in this world, right, is they are disabled by fear, right? Exactly. And many people are disabled by the fear of, of getting there, the, the fear of yeah. the things they need to do to get to where they want to be, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, talking about motivation, the things that motivate people the best, sometimes the idea of the thing that you want to have in the world doesn't motivate you as much as the things that you are running away from. Yeah. Right? And, and if, if, you are, if, if you know that if you fail, you don't want to go back, uh, back there, it's gonna motivate you faster. For example, if you, if, if a dog is chasing you, you'll you'll run faster than if you are trying to go get something that you want, right? Yeah. So, how, what was your motivation around that? Like, what? How how did that translate to you? Yeah. So for me, it was mainly like I didn't want to fail. You know, I didn't want to be seen as a failure. You know, um, so I just kept going. I just kept going. Kept pushing. Kept pushing away. And um, it actually led me to becoming one of the, um, so the way the military works is you have your, your guide, which is in charge of the entire platoon. And then with each platoon, you have your squad leaders, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, first squad, second squad, third squad, fourth squad. That person is in a leadership position to make sure that your entire squad is taken care of. Um, originally starting off, I didn't understand any of that because I have no military background at all. Um, but I noticed that, you know, the guy being guy had perks like you get to eat a little bit longer or you know you get to do different things so I was like hmm, all right well let me do that you know <laughs> now don't get me wrong uh, once I became guide we have like a, a guide on that we had to carry around and I didn't understand the true purpose of that um, because I was like it's a stick you know what does that mean um, you know but in the military it's like an embodiment of your your team you know you can't let it go you can't leave it anywhere or whatever I, <laughs> I left it somewhere. My DI was pissed. Obviously she got into, she's like, what are you doing? Recruit dog. Is da, da, da. I was like, I hey, am, you know, and I was, <laughs> I was fired. I was like, dang, all right, cool. Well, let me, let me try and be something else, you know? And I think, you know, from that experience is learning about it, being in that position and being like, okay, well, I know that now I understand how to do it. Well, let me start, you know, let me start pushing myself back up again. Mm -hmm. So um, what I did is I, you know, pushed myself back up again and became like the second squad leader. Right. So my team was just locked on. I was like, hey, we're going to we're going to lock. We're going to um, do things earlier. We're trying to get it faster, you know, get it done faster. We're going to be pushing ourselves for the other teams. We're going to, you know, and it was like really kind of like that fun competitiveness. Um, and I think that was like mainly my motivation, especially in the Marine Corps. You know, I, I didn't want to let my team down and I didn't want to fail. 
So that that was like my main thought process. Like, okay, I have to do it. I have to I have to keep pushing. I have to keep doing that. Um, I did graduate as a platoon uh, uh, second squad leader. So that was that was a huge accomplishment for me. A lot of people were like, oh my God, that's amazing. I was like, well, I wanted to be guide, you know, but I'll take it. <laughs> um, Definitely. Definitely. Do you feel like you were do you feel like you were trying to prove something in, in terms of not wanting to fail uh, mm-hmm. in the military? I, I know when when you were leaving home, right, and decided to go to the Marine, your your parents, your family. I didn't think it's a good idea, right? Because we were in the Afghanistan war. It was a big war going on. And there were, there were really, uh, I mean, people were afraid, right? People didn't want their kids to go uh, fight that war that many people did not believe in, right? And, uh, but you felt like it's something you wanted to do. And uh, even though you knew that your family loved you, you just decided to go and follow, follow that. Do you yeah. feel like failing meant coming back and you didn't want them... You didn't, yeah. you didn't want them to have the satisfaction that you, they were right? Yeah, I think that, that was part of it as well. Um, you know, I think if you are, especially like, you know, that transitioning, just like I said, from being the child at home to like, okay, that adult right away, um, you want to be able to succeed. For me, I think that going back home is like, you know, I failed, I did it wrong or whatever, you know, no matter what it is, even if I go to, even if I took the college route, and, you know, I end up trying to find a job or something and I had to go back. Like, no, nah, I can't go back home. I was like, it's my own pride. Like, I'm an adult now. I need to take those steps. I need to do what I can to be on my own. Like, I should be the one taking care of my family. You know, it shouldn't be vice versa. And like my mom, my dad, they raised me until I was 18. I now should be able to handle myself, you know. And it's kind of like that personal pride um, to where I'm just like, I can't, I can't allow myself <laughs> to go back. Um, part of that is like, too, there, there's nothing there for me, you know? And I think a lot of people, you know, who join the military, they kind of realize this once they're in, you know, back at their hometown, people that they're graduated with, they do the same thing every day. They're working at this job. There's nothing fun about it or whatever. But, you know, when you're in the military, you're, you're flying all over the place. You're going to different, uh, you know, different countries, you're you're experiencing different things, you know. Um, One of the main experiences that I had was like, I got to shake the hands of Joe Biden, which at the time, he was like the vice president, you know, when was I ever going to be able to be in a situation to do that if I was at home, (laughs) or if I failed, you know, so um, just allowing myself or keep pushing myself forward, allowed me to just, just keep going. Wow. I think that's that should be like overall part of life, man. I I just hate take, taking steps back, wow. <laughs> was, you know, because it feels like you have to do it over again. Like, nah, I don't want to be repetitive. I just want to keep pushing. <laughs> that's an amazing point of view. That's mm-hmm. an amazing point of view. I feel like the ability to to trust the process and follow your dream, right, uh-huh. without thinking about all the what what if I cannot, what if this happened, right? Just yeah. focusing on the things that you care about and really pushing and. You're going to have family that tells you this might not be the best thing for you, not because they don't want you to be the best, right? It's yeah. because they care for you. They love you. They don't want to see you hurt. But at the end of the day, it's your life, right? Nobody's going to be there after, 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 you fail, after you fail following somebody else's dream and tell you, oh, let me help you. All they're going to do is I'm praying for you. I hope you get better. Right? Yeah. So yeah. if you choose somebody's like, if you choose somebody's dream 
and then you fail, you're going to regret it for the rest of your life. What might as well follow your own dream. Exactly. Yeah, 100%. That's amazing. So during those days in the Marines, when you just came in, right, and you had to just the you had to you had to adapt uh, to the situation, the, the being yelled to, right, the waking up early. I'm sure it was cold sometimes, waking up early and grinding, and just being in an atmosphere where people from different backgrounds came together for one purpose, right? Yeah. There were so many challenges. I'm sure. How did you overcome that? What mentality did you adopt to tell yourself, okay, yes, I'm gonna keep going. I'm, I'm getting this dream. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Um, so in the military, I'm pretty sure you've heard of, uh, you know, especially the Marines where it comes to where we talk about, you know, uh, racial division, where we talk about, you know, definitely sexist division, how men and women are treated differently in the Marine Corps. So the overall equality is just out the window. It's mm -hmm. like, it's very, very, very shifted. Um, <clears throat> once in boot camp, I originally was um, kind of like woken up to that experience because, you know, in boot camp, we have our female platoon and we have our male platoon. Well, the males were told, you know, starting at that age or starting, you know, from boot camp, oh, do you know what a female Marine smells like? And they're like, just think about mayonnaise and like a bread sandwich and left out in the sun for years or something, you know? And it's already inputting that stigma where there's that division between men and women starting at that young age or at that young you know, uh, introduction into the military. Now, I didn't really notice um, some of the, like, I mean, before I joined, I didn't know, you know there was such that disparity between you know, men and women, et cetera. Um, being in you know, boot camp, when I realized that, I was just like, wow, that's, that's messed up. Like, why the hell are they saying that? Um, and then I, and then kind of like, once I got out, like, and actually hit, you know, once I graduated and hit the fleet, I started to notice a lot of different things as well, right? Um, the main thing that I noticed was basically how men always like, okay, for one, the female population in the Marine Corps is maybe about 8%. So 8% of the Marine Corps is females, right? And men already have, a lot of the males already have this idea that all female Marines were like they used to call us WMs. WMs, people think they it stands for women Marines. It doesn't. It stands for walking mattresses, right? Like these are things that we are told <laughs> and it's insane. Uh, um, so like it's it's already starting off to where we had to prove ourselves coming out of boot camp. Hey, we are worth it. Hey, we are Marines too. We do what you guys do, et cetera, et cetera, right? And um, you know, there, there it continues to be that divide. And it continues to be that divide too when you know you go to a brand new unit and you know the male Marines are already putting you in this box, like, oh well, she probably isn't she she can't do this, or you know, she's probably just here just to get, you know, just to sleep with other guys. Or, like this is the idea that they have. And eventually when you keep proving yourself. Yeah, I can out PT you. Yes, I can outfight you. Yes, I have great leadership skills. Yes, I can do my job better than you. Time and time again, I always get this. I always get this compliment from male Marines. Wow, you're not like you're not like the other female Marines. Like you actually are a Marine, you know? And I'm just like, what the hell is that supposed to mean? <laughs> you know? Wow. And I think for me, um, you know, being in that position, I wanted to change that stigma. 
I wanted the Marines and the male Marines that I um, had to lead to automatically be like, oh, Staff Sergeant Dawkins or Corporal Dawkins or Sergeant Dawkins is the one like she's a great leader. She freaking PTs us, you know, she works us out. She's able to do this. She's able to do that. She's a great motivator. She's this and that. I want to hear all that stuff from a male saying that about a female Marine so that their their perspective of females completely change and they can pass that along to all the other males. You know, I think that's one of the major challenges that I had to overcome. But once I was able to do that, um, I also sat down to my female Marines. I was like, hey, we have to prove ourselves. We already are, you know, getting all of this kind of stereotypes and stuff like that. Let's prove ourselves, you know? And time and time again, I've encouraged a lot of female Marines to be like, if, hey, if you need to exercise more, I'll, I'll be able to help you out, you know? And the women Marine uh, community is so close-knit because of that. We always help each other out to push that narrative like, hey, we're not just you know, walking mattresses, or we're not just people that you sleep with. No, you, we're way more than that. You know, when it comes to it, we're going to be the person that's saving you <laughs> if we have to go overseas. You know, we're we're the ones shooting. You know, we're the ones there, front lines. You know, we got that opportunity. So it's, um, I think that overall, it's a narrative that's like continuously changing. And that right there is kind of like my true motivation as to why I do and why I keep pushing myself day after day and time after time, uh, especially in the military. Wow, looking back uh, to the stories I heard, it's like we came far, but hearing you talking right now, we still have a long way to go. Like a a, a long, long way to go, especially the fact that the people that are leading uh, this teams in the Marines and stuff are people, the people who say all this stuff are the leaders, right? And when you come in a new place, you're going to be looking up to the leaders, right? Mm-hmm. You're going to you're gonna start believing what they're saying because they always keep talking to you, keep putting in your ear. So it's unfortunate that, I mean, that culture is still there. I feel like in the world we are today that the people People, there should be rules that tell people you shouldn't say their stuff, not even for joking. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I mean, we have, like, in the military, we have, you know, code of conducts and stuff like that to where when it comes to discrimination or, you know, being sexist or anything like that, those are in place, right? Mm-hmm. But just think about, you know, the people who put those rules are in place are the ones who are saying it. And then it kind of trickles down to where, you know, it's like sly comments, like comments and stuff. And until, someone steps up or until like that female Marine gets into that leadership position and like lays down the law, like, okay, you're not going to treat her like that. Or, okay, you're not going to do these certain things to female Marines. You know, this is your, this is your, this is your Marine, you know, take care of them, no matter if they're female or male, everybody should be treated the exact same, you know? Wow. Um, so I think, you know, when it comes to even, you can relate this to, you know, uh, you know, the black community, you can relate this to, you know, America, how America stands. There's a lot of laws in place to hold down or prevent black people from achieving what they need to achieve. But once we put those people in those positions to change the law, that's when you start to see those changes. That's when those people in those higher positions are the ones that pretty much lay down the law and say, hey, we're not going to accept this anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's amazing. That's, man, <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> Oh yeah. So yeah, transitioning into our last section here, I wanted to ask you what what, what is your why? My why, um, my why is 
that's, that's a good question. <laughs> Why do I do this? I, I think the main thing I do this for is it's a lot of different reasons. Um, the main reason for me is like, I hate failing. <laughs> and that's just me being, I don't know, maybe that's a Scorpio trait. Like I, I'm just stubborn. I need to, you know, not fail. I can't, I can't allow it. Um, but my main why I would say is I want to leave a legacy and something for someone to follow. Mm. When I joined the Marine Corps, um, I always pushed myself to the point where I wanted to make sure that everyone knew who the hell I, who I was. <laughs> that was the main thing. When I, um, when I went, okay, so originally I was in 29 Palms, California. Um, I was the, uh, my first job was um, supply administration, right? With supply administration, I knocked it out of the park. I had no issues. My gunny was like, oh my God, you're amazing. I started getting all these awards because I was doing things that ultimately I thought was like, hey, people should be doing this anyway. Once I left there and I went to my next duty station, I became the first female black color sergeant, right? Color sergeant is the person who actually is marching out the American flag and conducting those drills and stuff like that. I was able to do that, mm. right? Um, while I was there in Corpus Christi, I volunteered multiple times with the USO just to get my name out there, right? Mm -hmm. When I was in Corpus Christi, I also helped out creating a brand new headquarters company for our unit there. So this is, you know, contracting, um, different people to build this, you know, new building for our, for our, um, for our organization, mm -hmm. save the company over like $300,000. <laughs> While I was there in Corpus Christi, I volunteered to be part of the young Marines program where I actually influenced a lot of younger, um, kids who were like going through a lot of different things. Right. Those kids still remember, remember me to this day, Facebook friends. Hey, uh, you know, Sergeant Dawkins, what's going on? I want to join the Marines. What can I do? You know? And I think my main why is because I want to leave that footprint for people to follow wow. and be able to inspire as many people as possible to where they remember my name. When I'm gone, oh, I remember Staff Sergeant Dawkins or I remember Shantika Dawkins. She did this, that, and the other. And I think ultimately that's what a lot of people want. You know, I want to influence that change in people's mindset. Hey, if you doubt yourself, you're able to do it. You know, wow. if, if you doubt yourself, you know, um, keep pushing, don't ever give up, you know, because eventually you're going to make it. Definitely. If you keep trying, you're going to make it. <laughs> you're going to make it work, you know. What do you tell to that young black queen who reached out to you about joining the Marine? Yeah, so um, she asked me questions about, you know, basically, oh, what to expect. I told her point blank, hey, the Marine Corps is amazing. I had so many different experiences with it. But I will say, I was straight up with her. I will say, you're going to see a lot of sexism. You're going to see a lot of, you know, racist things. But that's part of life, right? And what I, impl what I implore you to do is have them or do what you can to change your mindset. I want people to tell you that, oh, wow, you know, you're not like everybody else. Oh, wow, you know, Staff Sergeant Dawkins is not like, not like everybody else. I want that conversation to be sparked because then you allow that individual to break out of that mindset. Mm. And that's the main thing. When people are stuck in their mindset and they realize that that one person is different, they're like, hmm, maybe I need to change the way I think, you know? Yeah. And um, that that sparks, that's honestly what sparked me to, to pretty much do a lot of different things. <laughs> Man, thank you so much, Shantika, for the time. We're about to run out of time here, but Okay. Thank you so much for, for the time. And I really, your story is inspiring. For sure, yeah, no problem. 
thank you so much for taking your time and listening to this episode i hope you enjoyed it if you feel like this episode has helped you in any way share it with a friend family or loved one before you leave make sure to subscribe for more